You're listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, orlandocitychurch.org. Today, lead pastor Eugene Smith will wrap up our series called Encountering God. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We long for that touch from the master's hand. We all simply are searching for the answer. Well, the answer truly is in Jesus. Our scripture text comes from Matthew chapter 15, starting in verse 21. Today's message is entitled, When a Crumb You have your Bibles this morning, I'd like for you to turn to Matthew's Gospel chapter 15. Matthew's Gospel chapter 15. The title of my message this morning, we've been talking about this encounter. The whole month of August has been about encountering God. It's been really the most unusual month in the life of our church. I believe one of the most spiritually significant months in the life of our church. The very first week in August, we we went out into the community, and by, led by Pastor Dave, our missions pastor, and a team of about 80 young people, and, and plus workers, maybe a few more. We went out into the community, and we prayed for people on the streets. We prayed for over 300 people on the streets. We, we had salvations on the street. We handed out over 6,000 bottles of water. We cleaned bathrooms for businesses. I mean, we just, we pulled out the stops. We handed out invitations. We invited people to Sunday. And that following Sunday, we baptized 12 people immediately following the altar call. We took them right out, and we baptized them in water. Can you give the Lord a great big hand? We had spontaneous baptisms. It was like the book of Acts. It was so cool. And then we had our men's encounter, and and men were touched and delivered and set free. And, And then last weekend, our panorama conference, and... Come on, amen, for all of our young people. We had an awesome time as young people experience and encounter God. See, we, we believe that God isn't just out there someplace. God isn't just out there, but we can know him. We can have a personal relationship with him, and he lives right inside of us. So we can encounter him in his presence and his power in a very real way. And then this morning, our women experiencing God in a fresh way this weekend. And so it's really been a month of freedom. Everyone say freedom. There was a woman in the Bible, and really she had everything against her. She had everything against her in her life. The title of my message this morning is, When a Crumb is Enough. Everyone say it with me. When a Crumb is Enough. Amen, Chris. Come on, man. A little delay. I like that. A little reverb on there. Let's say it one more time. When a Crumb is Enough. I'm going to say it and you repeat it. We'll try that, all right? When a crumb is enough. enough. Matthew chapter 15, beginning with verse number 21. And the Bible says that Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. And he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Everyone say that with me this morning. Lord, help me. I mean, you were saying that this week as you were driving down the road. Amen. Uh, My wife, Friday night, she left the encounter not feeling well, and I had to pull over on the side of the road before we made it to the house, and I heard those exact words, Lord, help me. I've, I've heard those words many times in my life. 
Matter of fact, you've heard those words many times in your life. Lord, help me. Verse 26, but he answered and said, it is not good to give the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, well, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Oh, come on, say that with me. Great is your faith. And let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Lord, I pray in these next few moments that by the power of your spirit, God, I pray that you will minister to lives. God, I pray that every person in this room who has a problem, Lord, in their present realities, Lord, that they will come to you and realize that it is just a crumb of faith that moves the hand of the master to intercede on their behalf. And God, I ask right now for the hearts of the hearers to be open. And God, one more time, I need you to help me. Lord, help me today to communicate this message of faith and this message of grace and hope through you. Jesus, we ask this now in your wonderful name. Amen. You know, in life, I've discovered that the desperation of my life is in proportion to the problems sometimes. Sometimes. Not all the times. We learned last week or last Wednesday night, we were watching Dave Ramsey, and he was teaching on getting out of debt. And he taught this principle, the law of diminishing return. And basically what happens is that you have a situation or a circumstance that takes place so long in your life that you begin to think it's normal. You begin to think it's normal. And you just look at the same problem, the same circumstance, the same situation. And so what happens, rather than dealing with that problem, rather than attacking and dealing with the facts of that issue, you just kind of go around it. Just kind of try to maneuver your life around it and just kind of leave that over here. And so, you know, maybe we were desperate when the problem first came, but, you know, the credit card bills, you know, we just kind of maneuvered around it, and we just kept, well, we'll get this credit card to pay out this credit card because it's got a lower interest rate, and then next thing you know, you're like three days late, and the moment you're three days late on one of those little dealies that they give you, bam, they charge you 27% interest, and you're back in the same problem. And I'm not just talking about money today, but that's just about every area of your life. We've got an issue in our marriage, our relationship, and rather than dealing with it, we just kind of go around it. It's, it's easier to go around the problem than confront the problem head on. This woman had a problem. She had some big problems in her life. And I want you to see something here in verse 22. The Bible says in verse 22 that uh, then Jesus went out from the, that area and departed from the region of Tyre and Sidon. Actually, verse 21. Jesus went out. And Mark's gospel, Mark who records this same story, says that she heard about Jesus. She heard about him. And I, I asked myself, well, what did she hear about Jesus? What did she hear? Well, she heard that Jesus was able to fix people's problems. She'd heard about people that had blind eyes and they were open. She heard about people who had been born deaf and pop, their ears were open. She heard about miracles of provision. How that thousands, tens of thousands of people were fed with just a couple of loaves and a, and a couple of fishes. I mean, the testimony of Jesus was going before him. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that his name became famous. He was famous. You know, Jesus wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a good moralist that taught good lessons. He encountered people, 
And he changed their reality. He changed their lives. And so this woman, because she heard the power of the testimony, she came. She came. This room is full of people today because at some point, someone told you about Jesus. Someone told you. You heard. You heard about something that he did in someone else's life. Or you saw it. There was something inside of you that stirred. Something inside of you that stirred. You know, I don't know about all the religion stuff, but this Jesus is a unique person. If what people are saying about him is true, maybe he can do something for me. It's exactly where I found myself November 17th. Actually, November 15th, 1983. Exact, exact same spot. Exact same spot. And I had that encounter, that initial supernatural encounter with Christ who literally transformed my life. But this lady's got a problem. She's got a big problem, and the problem is her daughter. Her daughter, I mean, she's mentally challenged. That's what we would call it today. So we would give them, prescribe them some psychotic medicines and, you know, hope that works, and, but that doesn't work, so they give them stronger. We'd sedate them so bad that they really wouldn't have kind of any mental facilities that are normal. And then, you know, maybe if they're real bad, we'd put them into a hospital, and, but if that doesn't work after a while, we run out of money, so we'd loose them out into the streets. And then we find them living all around Sanford and in our community. The other day I'm pulling up to the church and there was a cop talking to two guys that live right over here, right over here in this little uh, uh, wilderness area, not too far from the church, right behind our church property. There's, there's campgrounds. There's people that have been living and moving in and out of there. And most of those people have been diagnosed by doctors as having mental issues. And so this girl's got a problem. The Bible calls it what it is, demon possession. And I'm not saying every homeless person is demon possessed, but, you know, you, you see these guys stand on the side of the road, and they're just talking to themselves, you know. You're driving. The guy's got a little sign that says, Will, I won't work for food. You know, I'm just I'm going to tell you the truth. I just want a beer or whatever, you know, and he's talking to himself. I looked, I drove by a guy, and that piece of cardboard that he had must have been 10 years old. I mean, that thing, I'm thinking, man, that guy's been working this thing a long time. But she had a problem. And she couldn't overcome her problem. But she heard that Jesus was coming. So she came. She came to him. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all you that are weary. Come unto me, all you that are weary. If you're burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, the stress and the pressure and the absence of peace that's in our world when we're searching and we're trying to find and we're struggling. There's just an absence of peace in our heart. She heard the testimony, and she came to Jesus. But I want you to see what happens when she comes to Christ. When she comes to Christ, she cries out to him. You see, when she comes to Jesus, she makes a desperate plea. The word cried in the Greek literally means one who's crying out, shouting after another. Now, the first service, they didn't quite get it. They didn't quite get the, like, shouting part. And so I'm like, come on, you know, you got a problem. Like, let's pray, you know. There is a time to press. When the Lord is passing by, when the presence of God is in a worship service like this, it's a time to call out to God. I mean, it's a time to say, I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with you and your seat. I mean, say, God, you know the situation of my life as I'm worshiping you today. I just give this burden to you. I lift up all my worries, all my cares. I worship you. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you are here today. You're my burden bearer. Someone said amen. 
she cries out. I mean, she cries out. There's an interesting passage in Deuteronomy. And the Bible says in Deuteronomy, Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our fathers. And the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and depression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, with great terror and miraculous signs and wonders. You see, God heard their oppression. He heard that they were held captive. He heard 400 years of slavery under the tyranny and the cruelty of the hand of their slave masters, the Egyptians. And I wonder why it took them 400 years to finally cry out. You ever think about that? Like, why did it take them? You know, why did it take me, you know, eight years of addiction to finally cry out to God? Why? You know, because something in me wants to try to manage it. Something in me wants to try to fix it. First service, a guy comes up to me afterwards and said, Hey, Pastor, you know, you baptized me a couple weeks ago, but, you know, I'm still smoking pot and I really want to quit. I said, well, quit. You know, surrender. You see, as long as you still kind of, you know, use that as like your, your helper and, you know, when you kind of have a problem, you go back to it. You're not really sick of it. You know, and you might cry out whenever you got a problem because of that issue, but you're not really serious about it. She, she was serious. She was at the end of her rope. There was nothing else. She was willing to risk all kinds of things to cry out. We're going to look at that in just a moment. But she was willing to risk all kinds of things to experience a touch from the master. You know, one of the saddest things, one of the saddest things that I see in the church is a lack of brokenness for the needs of others. This is a lack of concern, a lack of care for the needs of others. Friend's sick. Oh, bless you, brother. Hope you get better. Yeah. And I was so encouraged this weekend to hear, you know, my wife is not here this morning, and she got whacked this weekend, and, and she's at home this morning. So many ladies were praying for your wife, and I believed it. I believe the women over there were praying. But sometimes we get so busy running, chasing after our own issues, that there's just not a concern. But something happens when you meet Jesus. Something happens when you meet Jesus. It begins to change your heart and the way that view other people. I watched it in Derek when he was working the bus ministry here seven, eight years ago down in Altamont Springs. I watched it as he would run that bus and motivate guys and get buses out there on the road and pick up people on Wednesday night and Sunday morning. And he took that same compassion and he went to Africa. And there in Namibia, busing children and running, driving the bus and ministering to families. His wife ministering to teaching AIDS education. Where does that birth out of? It's birthed out of a concern for other people. See, that's the heart of God. And that's what City Church is called to. You see, this encounter with God is worthless, really. If it doesn't change our heart and produce in us a desire to be concerned and care about the needs of other people. Someone said amen. I mean, I'm not, you know, and I love the presence of God and I love to worship and I love it freedom and I love that. But if it doesn't cause something in you to start to change the way you see other people, it's not working right. Talked to a, a pastor friend of mine last night, and he has a small group of about 123 people that meet in his home. He ha- he's he's not on staff at a church. He, he used to pastor a church, and and now he's a, he's a business guy. But he has a home group, and his home group's growing to 123 people. And one of the guys in his home group got saved a year ago. I mean, got really saved. I mean, like Mark Sanders got saved two weeks ago. I mean. 
bam, transformed. Years of addiction. And for the last year, this guy has been on the streets of Vancouver, Canada, and he's literally been dragging people into Teen Challenge and other Christian rehab programs there in the greater Vancouver ever. Come on, give the Lord a great big hand. One guy, one guy that met Jesus and had such a compassion to rescue and to reach out to other people. 279. We couldn't even fit him in this little building. Wow. Guy, one guy concerned about someone else and their problem was willing to introduce them to Jesus. Wow. Unbelievable. Now, you know, that's what he does full time. I mean, this guy's still, he's working through his stuff and he's still going through all that, but it's just amazing to me. You see, that turn in our heart begins to change. Crying out to God. That, that sense in our life, God, we're desperate for you to do something, not only in my lives, but the needs of others. The Bible calls that an intercessor. The Bible calls that someone who will stand in the gap, someone who is willing to meet the needs of other people. So we see that this woman, she had a desperate plea, but she was denied. She was denied her, her, her plea, but she had a persistent pursuit. See, I want you to see this here with me. Verses 20, verse, uh, verse 23. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged her, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You see, she had some obstacles to her faith. There were some great obstacles. You got them listed. I got all those obstacles listed right there in your notes this morning. I mean, she had some real, real challenges, guys. I mean, she had some insecurity. She was a woman. She was a Canaanite. Here is Jesus. He's a rabbi teacher. He's a rabbinical teacher. He's a powerful man. I mean, she had a lot of insecurities about her. She had a lot of reasons to feel disqualified. Maybe you feel that way today. Maybe you feel disqualified. Maybe you don't feel like you've measured up. Maybe you feel like, you know what, I've fallen short. Big deal. The Bible says all of us have stumbled. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You see, don't let that stop you from encountering Jesus. Don't let that stop you from crying out to God in your time of need. She had insecurities. She had a bad religion. The Canaanites, I mean, they were just, they were, they were worshipers of false gods. They had all kinds of idols and all kinds of bad practices. She had bad theology. She had bad religion. I mean, she had to overcome discrimination. When the disciples heard her cry out, they said, Jesus, I mean, they tried to push her away. Isn't that what the Bible says? Come on, come on. Master's too busy for you. She had to overcome the discrimination of being the wrong nationality, of being the wrong race, of being the wrong religion, of being the wrong gender. I mean, you know, it's just in, I mean, it's in America and Western Europe where women have this kind of freedom. But it ain't that way in the rest of the world. It's not that way in Indonesia, is it? The Petersons have been missionaries to Indonesia for years, and it's not that way in much of Muslim Indian Indonesia. Women have no rights. In the Muslim countries around the world, there's over a billion Muslims. They have very few rights. The women in India have very, very few rights in most places of the world. Their view of women is much like it was 2,000 years ago. So women, 
you ought to just stand up and wave your hanky and shout and say, Thank God I live in the United States of America. Amen. She had to overcome the master's denial that she was even there. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Answers her not a word. Answers her not a word. Wow. You know, the reality was her daughter, her daughter was possessed by a devil. And it had caused so much pain in her life. And I'm sure, you know, the reason that she went to find Jesus is because she was a good mom. Isn't that right? The reason that she went to find Jesus is because she loved her daughter. And she wanted her daughter's situation to be different. It's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to love your kids enough to do something to make their life better. It's a good thing to put your kids through college. It's a good thing to make your, sure your kids are in the best schools that you can put them. It's a good thing that if your child is struggling in math or some other subject, to get a tutor to help them along in life. It's a good thing. You see, you're a good parent. God's put that in your heart. But the fact is, the reality of her life wasn't good. And it caused so many problems. See, there were obstacles to her faith, but the master was an offense to her faith. Listen to me today. Jesus was an offense to this woman's faith. I don't know if you hear me today. He didn't answer her. And when he does answer her, we're going to talk about it in just a moment. But when he does answer her, it ain't a good, it ain't a good conversation. You see, this morning, there will be times when you pray, and guess what happens? Oh, there will be times that you pray, and what happens? Oh, anybody ever been there before? And if you haven't been there, you're a liar. And you know where liars go. No, listen. We've all prayed a prayer, and we felt like we've been denied. You see, and that's the test. Because a lot of people, you know, and and listen, we all talk to God. We all talk to God. I'm driving down the road. Kenan says, Dad, there's a cop right behind you. Oh, Lord, help me. (laughs) Right? We've all done that. We've all said, oh, Lord, help me. Here's the deal. We're not, we don't live from crisis to crisis necessarily. But every single person in here has something or will have something in your life that's a problem you won't be able to overcome. Every single person. And you're going to pray about it. And you're going to ask God about it. And you're going to seek the Lord. And you're going to pray. And you know what happens after a while? You just give up. You just give, And then you go around it. You just go around that problem in your life. You know what the amazing thing about God is that he's merciful. He's gracious. He's kind. And he's so patient with you. See, Jesus offended. Could you put that point up for me there? Jesus offended this woman. He was silent. He didn't answer her. He didn't respond to her prayer. And we've all felt that at times. God, why haven't you answered me? Where are you at, God? And, you know, you have a choice in that situation. When God's silent in your life, you can say, God, 
I don't understand this, but I'm going to trust you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You see, we all got them. You say, well, pastor, you don't know my problem. You're right, but you don't know my problem. You're right, I don't know what you're going through. But I I know one who does. You see, the reality in her life is that God was testing her sincerity. Because there's a whole lot of people. There's a whole lot of people that want to treat God like a genie in the bottle. There's a whole lot of people that want to have a dashboard religion. You know, they got the little bobbly head Jesus on the dashboard. The bumper sticker the bumper sticker followers of Jesus. You know, but the reality is, is that God does test your heart to see if you're really going to follow him. Therefore, you will be offended by God at some point. Something in your life isn't going to make sense. It isn't going to work out the way that you think it is. I listened to that pastor. I did what he said to do, and it still didn't work. Well, you didn't do it because you quit. And and it does boggle my mind, the people that want to, and there's a whole stream of this in our culture today, the strong anti-God movement. But, you know, it's so funny to me that they always seem to be talking to God. You know, and you do talk to God. And God speaks to you. You know you talk to God. You say, God, what's going on? There's a very fascinating verse. It's found in Deuteronomy. Let's see if I can get there real quick. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. And the Bible says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, who led you all these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commands or not. Did you hear that? You see, 40 years, 400 years, They were in captivity. They finally got sick of their bondage. You finally got sick of the problem, the situation, the circumstance, the sin. You finally got just sick of the reality that you were experiencing. So you know what? I'm going to do something about it. And you heard that Jesus, you heard about it. And you know it. And so you start to pursue him. And you overcome these obstacles. And you got to realize there's a test. There's a test. And it is just a test. It is just a test. You see, because in this life, this will not be your last experience. There's an everlasting life. You know, and the final test that you're going to experience is having to bury someone you love. Having to bury someone that you think, you know, they were way too young to pass away. Having to bury my 52-year-old mother. Having to bury my 59-year-old father. Way too young. It was a test. And I saw some people in my family get twisted up. You know, they were promised. They were prophesied over. God spoke. They were going to be healed. And I can tell you, I don't know why, but I can tell you this morning, like Moses declared, when Moses passed through the waters, when Moses passed through the fire, he said, God, your mercy endures forever. You can read Psalms chapter 118, and he begins to talk about the deliverance out of Egypt. And he says, oh God, thank you that you delivered us from Egypt, but your mercy endures forever. And they came up upon the Red Sea, and he says, the armies of Egypt were behind us, but your mercy endures forever. Then he got himself into the wilderness with a bunch of murmuring, complaining people. And he said, oh God, your mercy endures forever. Then they found themselves without food. And he said, oh 
oh God, your mercy endures forever. Then they came to the place where there was no water, and he declared, but his mercy endures forever. Then they found themselves sick in their bodies, but he declared, his mercy endures forever. You see, I want you to know this morning, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were thrown into the fire. Let me tell you today, whether he saves me or doesn't save me, I'm going to worship him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to declare that my God is a good God. He's a great God. And his mercy endures forever. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap in the house this morning. Man, she was offended. (coughs) Jesus. I need that too. I need something more than that. Jesus. Have mercy. Woman, don't you know I've come for the lost house of Israel? The master doesn't give food that belongs to his children to a dog. Ow! Offending her sensibilities. Oh, but her response was so faith-filled. See, her response was, but master, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. You see, it's only a crumb that you need this morning. And when she spoke those words, Jesus said, unbelievable faith. Unbelievable. Wow. It just takes a crumb. It just takes a crumb. You see, she was rewarded because she persevered. She was rewarded because she believed. She was rewarded because she knew that denial or delay did not mean the final answer. I want you to know this morning, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, I've been quoting this verse all week to myself. You know, I was talking to Pastor Dan, our administrator, this week. We were talking about some challenges in the church. And he was, you know, boy, you know, it's a big challenge. And I said, Dan, we're just in a test. And the bigger the test of your life, the greater your testimony. Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, put the last verse up. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. For I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, will have whatever he says. The reason that this is a life verse for me is because when I was 22 years of age, and I had, Lord had done some great miracles in my life, I had a small problem. <clears throat> you see, not all of our problems are really huge and big, but sometimes we just have little things, and they're little irritations. And, and what I found is, we will maybe attack the big things more readily because it's a matter of life and death, but some of the little stuff, we just kind of let it go. That's what I've discovered in my own life. And I had a little problem, just a small problem. But that little problem was an irritant. It was an irritant. And it was, just, it was a cord on the bottom of my foot. And I was waiting tables, and it was irritating. And 
I prayed and I said, well, God, you really care about every need. And one day I prayed and, and I mean, literally, I was in the shower. I prayed. And I reached down, touched my hand, and bam, it was gone. I went, it was a miracle. I was like, wow, that's incredible. About a week later, I was at work, and I wasn't limping anymore on my, uh, on my leg. And, and a girl, the cocktail waitress, said to me, she said, hey, how come you're not limping anymore? And at that moment, I couldn't tell her what happened. I just froze up. I got afraid. You know, I mean, to be a witness on the workplace, you guys know that tension and that battle that you feel. And people think you're funny. You are. Just say, I am weird. I mean, if you're a Christian, you're weird. You're just weird. So just get over it. You're weird. You believe differently. You have a different set of values. You have a different God. And so I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated. One night, I was sitting at a friend's house. There was a guy speaking on television. And he started talking about this issue of faith and encountering Christ and experiencing the miraculous your life and he started quoting it have the faith of God and you will say unto this mountain be thou removed and cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart but believe those things that you say will come to pass and you will have those things which you desire when he said that I, I literally just slipped my hand down and bam it just disappeared and at that moment God did something in my heart to realize that he cares about the smallest need in my life. He does care. Has every problem gone away like that? No. But the Lord was teaching me something about faith. The Lord was teaching me that my trust and confidence had to be completely in him. And this weekend, we had over 50 women that were over in this round building over here Friday night, all day Saturday. Some of the workers were here that Glenn told me they had 16 hours. Some of the women here, I mean, early in the morning. I mean, all day long. And they were encountering God. If you haven't been to an encounter yet, it's just one of the most powerful things that we do at City Church. It's just so unbelievable to come face to face with God. And there's some women here this morning. They're kind of like that woman that you heard about. Kind of about the women that I've just preached about. And I want you this morning, the women that are going to be coming up and sharing their testimonies. I want you just to come to the pulpit right now, but I want you to give them a great big hand as these ladies come and share what God has done. I mean, guys, you know, I just, I love you, and I love what God's doing in this church, and this weekend, these ladies have experienced God. Is that right, ladies? So I'm going to just have you come on up. You just, whoever feels the faith to be the first one. Stacy, already stepping out. Come on. She's ready to run to get to this mic. Let's give Stacy a great big hand this morning. Stacy, can you just tell us what God did in your life this weekend? Just so much. God just released me. He just told me that all the curses in my life, every negative thought, he just, he just cast it away. And I just am so inspired. He just nailed it on the cross. He did it for me. And I'm just like so encouraged for my family and my workplace. It's just awesome. Come on, amen. Give the Lord a great big hand. Now, we're believing because you got a husband and a son that are believers. Isn't that right? But you're like that woman. You're going to press till you touch the master. Father, I declare right now over Stacy's life, I declare her whole family into the kingdom of God. Father, we lift them before you, her husband and her son. Father, we break the root of bitterness and pain and hurt. Father, the sense in their life that they're unworthy or whatever they're experiencing, the anger. Father, I pray that they'll be set free. God, hear the prayers of this woman, Jesus, in your mighty name. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give Stacy a big hand. Another lady up here want to give me a testimony? Come on. Hi, Becky. Tell us what God did in your life this weekend. Um, all my life, I've been a Christian and felt like I was in my place with the walk with Jesus. But this, this weekend when I came to the encounter, I decided for the first time I was going to totally surrender to the Lord, just let go of everything that's been holding me back. And it's a struggle I've went through for a very long time. And when the Holy Spirit came into my body, for the very first time ever, I was able to speak in tongues. Come on, man. Give the Lord a hallelujah. So you surrendered your tongue to the Lord. I did. My whole life, everything in my life just small things, big things that have held me back from a total commitment to Jesus Christ. I just let it go at the altar. Come on, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. Father, thank you that you begun this work. You're going to complete it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Someone else. All right, Jeanette, let's hear what God did in your life. Well, I have loved the Lord my entire life. I don't remember a day that I didn't know the Lord, but I had a fear. There was something that I had hung on to my entire life and never shared with anyone. And that was that fact that my ancestors, my grandfather, grandmother, everybody, were Satanists. They all chose to hate God and love evil. And that always, I always felt like that was something that was still like a mark against me, that somehow that would interfere at some point. And I felt that at some point, maybe God would reject me because of that. And so I, I love the Lord, but I always had this fear. But this weekend, the Lord just touched me. He touched my life. He set me free. And he gave me, he gave me a new name. He gave me a new name. He gave me the name of Beloved. Beloved. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We got another lady ready to run up to the mic here. Oh, we got, come on, Cindy. Come on. Amen. Cindy, what did God do in your life this weekend? Well, first of all, I have a new name, and I'm called the Victorious One. Woo! Hallelujah. And through my walk with God, there was always something that was holding me back, and I didn't know what that something was until this weekend. And there was an altar call that the Lord literally put me at the altar. It wasn't me moving. I was one of the first ones up there. And it was an area of unforgiveness. I had no idea that was deep in my heart. And once I laid that down to the Lord, I was set free, and he just filled me with his love. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I declare over Cindy the complete work, freedom in every area of her life. She's not going to no longer go around the issues. She's going to confront them. She's going to fight from a place of victory. I declare over Cindy Campbell, she is the victorious one. She is a conqueror, a champion, and an overcomer. Father, these things that have held her back and have bound her have been loosed. And I declare this day, from this day forward, she shall be a mighty, victorious woman in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on up. Come on up, young lady. Amy, yeah, you're touched. Awesome. Amen. Let's, let's hear what God did. I came because I was asked to be a leader. And uh, I went last year. Amazing work last year. I was a new person. Katrina was talking this um, section um, about, you know, how you feel about yourself. Well, I was only this, you know, chunky kid in life, and I didn't look at myself as I was perfect. Well, she asked, do you see yourself as the 
When you look in the mirror, do you look and, you know, get all giddy and say, oh, I'm cute? No, I didn't. But God knows that I'm a beautiful, strong woman. Dave and Amy, Dave's the missions pastor here, and he's my assistant, just runs all over, does all kind of stuff, and and God's blessing and favors on you guys. We're so proud of you. You are beautiful. We love you, Amy. God bless you. Give Amy a great big hand. Amen. Someone else? Come, Come on, Valerie. Amen, Valerie. We want to hear what God's done in your life. Well, I, I didn't really even want to come to the encounter Friday night. I felt like I was there because I was supposed to be, you know, I was supposed to be um, genu- as genuine on the outside as I am on the inside. And I just kind of felt like, well, let's let those two match because sometimes I put on a facade and I look happy, but I'm really not. I'm hurting inside. There's been um, a lot of bitterness in my life. Um, this weekend, I was able to um, forgive my husband, forgive my mother, which is huge to those of you who know me and my mother it's huge. I've been able to forgive her, and even huger than forgiving my mom, I'm able to forgive myself. I was able to confess two pretty significant secret sins in my life. Those are gone. They're confessed. They are gone. Okay? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, and, um, and, and the Cliff's Notes, Cliff's Note version of this morning um, I've been a Christian since 1983. I've been a tongue-talking, you know, since Pentecost Sunday of 2000. I'm sorry, 1983. I got saved and baptized, and Pentecost Sunday um, of 2003, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and talking in tongues, and and I I pray in tongues when I don't know how to pray, and, and, you know, I, I believe in the power of tongues. Well, wasn't real enthusiastic this morning. I'm physically tired, <laughs> and uh, and and Christina, you know, was just saying we're gonna we're gonna get baptized in the fire of the Holy Spirit. And so, I, you know, I'm like I raise my hands. I'm, I'm under. I'm I'm surrendering. I'm speaking in tongues. I'm praying, and uh, and not terribly enthusiastic, but still, you know, I'm obedient, surrendering. I dropped to my knees, and I just bawled like a baby, and I, I screamed and screamed and screamed and screamed, and I probably scared the women around me, but you know what? I'm released from so much pain. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, victory. Free. Thank God. Thank God. She's free indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. This is supposed to be cliff notes. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and I didn't even tell the other girls my my um, my name before because they said we're going to change our name, and I'm like, well, I don't know what my name was before, but my t- my name before was tired and distressed, and my name now is alive and well. Amen. Come on, amen. Come on, darling. I'm sorry. Um, I need to thank my husband first of all. I cried Thursday saying, "Honey, can I just please not go?" I just gotten back from Oklahoma and. I just wanted to... Teddy didn't want to go to an encounter, okay. No. And then I made a deal Friday. If I call you crying, can I go? And he said no, that I had to be there. And so I want to thank him. I got a new name, and it's uh, my chosen one. And why that is so precious to me is I have gone from home to home to home as a little girl, and I was chosen for a lot of things, but none I would want to tell you about. And so as I was praying for my name, I heard him gently say, my chosen one. 
And so for what Satan meant to choose me for such evil, God meant to choose me for such greatness. Hallelujah. Just stand up right now. Come on, stand up right now. The presence of God is in the house. The Spirit of God, just lift your hand towards heaven. Come on. There's someone here you need a touch from Jesus right now. See, he's passing by, just like that woman. She heard about him, but you've heard the testimony. Some of you got a need right now. I don't even know if we can go any farther. God's here. God wants to meet you in your point of need. He wants to change your life. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Just stay standing just for a moment. Just a couple more testimonies, a couple more women. Come on up. Come on up. Just stay. Just stay standing. Hang on. We're going we're gonna to press in just a moment. We're going to touch Jesus. Give me your first name. Danielle. Um, well, I didn't go to the Friday service because um, I didn't have the money to go. And uh, Miss Christina called me around 9, and she was like, well, don't let that be a reason why you don't come. And all morning I was, like, being really, really ugly to my husband. And um, I got there, and um, um, his wife, I forget what her name is, she had a oh, – Katrina – she had um, a message about um, unforgiveness and how you keep stuff just bottled in, bottled in, and then eventually it, it spills over. And I realized that there was a lot of stuff that um, was in my life that um, I, um, I just I kept inside. And, um, and it trickled over to how I was treating my husband and and so I just I let it go and I just want him to know that I love him so much. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Wash her, Lord, cleanse her. God, release her. Release her. God, you've anointed her, you've called her for purpose and destiny. God, your arm is not too short to save. And Father, we declare over Danielle this day. God, we declare this day your purposes, your plans, and your mighty name. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. <coughs> amen. Tell me your first name. Jen. Um, I didn't know what I was going to the encounter for. Like, I had no idea. Like, I just found out at Panorama, actually. And, um... One thing that touched me the most was I'm not anything, like, near, like, around, like, the same as my sisters. Like, all my sisters are really skinny and, like, cheerleaders and dancers, and I always try to match up to them. And I found, like, my, my new name was Special One. And I, I know that I'm called my family, and I know that I'm there for a purpose. And that was one thing that touched me the most. And then also the cross said, God, if I was the only person in the world, God would die for me. And... So by my week, my week this weekend, my word was, I'm a special one. Like, I'm special to him. And Hallelujah. You're special. We love you. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, Michelle. Amen. Well, you've had a lot of really incredible things over the last couple months, haven't you? God's rocked your world. But let's hear what, let's hear what God did this weekend. All I can say is, wow. If you didn't go to this women's encounter, you, you missed the move of God. All I can say is, I'm blown away. God has done so many things in me. First of all, you know, I've been saved for a long time, been filled with the Holy Spirit. 
living the life, trying to walk the walk. And, you know, we know as people that sometimes we know we're supposed to go to God, leave it to God when we're hurt or, or upset or things in our life that are maybe trying to, the devil's trying to damage us with. But, you know, God is so good because although we bottle it up like Katrina was saying and it spills over into our family and to our children, to our lives, to other people around us, but God is good. He's faithful. Let me tell you what, God has totally delivered me. He has set me free. He has healed me. He has refilled me. I am on fire for God, and I great things for his kingdom. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I got one more. One more. One more. Come on. Let's give it up for Angie this morning. Angie, tell us what God did in your life. Well, when I came here three years ago, God's been working on me ever since about my past, my childhood, and this encounter was the finale of release and everything in my childhood. I was molested as a child, and although I have forgiven the last encounter, I was holding on to the hurt and listening to the enemy's lies that I was not worthy of what I was praying for. And finally, I stomped on the enemy, and my new name is Light as a Feather. Light as a Feather. Come on. Amen. Can you tell us what God has done in your family in the last couple of weeks? Ever, just tell us what God has done in your family, in your home in the last three weeks. He's delivered my husband from a 28-year addiction to alcohol that I've been praying for for 12 years. And now, now since this encounter, the curse of addiction has broken off my family. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to have these ladies in just a moment. I want everyone to just to close your eyes because there's some people here. You know, that woman, she felt so unworthy. But she, she was desperate enough and persistent enough to acknowledge that she had a need. And so many people, they come to a service like this and they hear it. I've watched it over and over and over and over. They got big owies, big hurts, big pain, and they leave here exactly the same. And I'm telling you, you don't have to. Today can be your day of miracles. Thanks for listening to this message, When a Crumb is Enough, with Lead Pastor Eugene Smith. For service times and more information about City Church Orlando, please visit our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.org or call 407-321-9600.